0: Hey everyone, it's Deb. And I'm Pete. And I'm Jess. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 27 of Garthology. Today we'll be moving on to Part 2 of our discussion of Garth's album, Sevens. In our last episode, we covered the first three songs on the album. Today we'll pick up with the next three songs. But before we look at those songs, let's talk a little bit about some interesting details about where the album was recorded. As I mentioned in the last episode, Sevens was recorded at Jack's Tracks Recording Studio in Nashville. Jack's Tracks first opened in 1971 and was the third studio of Jack Clement. Jack gained success not only as a songwriter, but also as a studio engineer, producer, studio owner, music publisher, and artist. In 1956, Sun Records founder Sam Phillips who famously discovered Elvis Presley, hired Clement as the label's staff producer-slash-engineer. During his tenure with Sun Records from 1956 to 1959, Clement worked with artists including Roy Orbison, Carl Perkins, Johnny Cash, Jerry Lee Lewis, and Charlie Rich. Also while at Sun, Clement penned Ballad of a Teenage Queen and Guess Things happen That Way, both of which were number one country and top 20 pop hits for Johnny Cash in 1958. Clement went on to make his own way in the music industry, eventually founding his own record label and opening his own studios. In 1973, he was inducted into the Nashville Songwriters Hall of Fame. In 1975, Jack Clement sold Jack's Tracks Recording Studio, to songwriter and publisher Alan Reynolds for $65,000. Reynolds produced many albums in that studio, including records by Don Williams, George Hamilton, as well as the majority of Garth Brooks' albums. Reynolds operated the studio from 1975 until 2010 when he sold it to Garth. Two years later, Garth renamed the studio to Allentown studio in honor of Reynolds. And now, I'll turn the mic over to Jess to kick off this album discussion. Jess,
2: kick us off with song number four. Okay, so I have song number four, which is I Don't Have to Wonder. I could just imagine
1: what was going on in there. Sunlight streaming through the stained glass. Those
2: flowers in your hair And in less time That it takes a tear to fall Those bells rang loud as thunder As they opened up the doors Now I don't have to wonder I Don't Have to Wonder was written by Sean Camp and Taylor Dunn. Um, Sean Camp actually had his first number one song as a songwriter on another Garth Brooks song, Two Pina Coladas, which we're going to talk about coming up soon. So I won't go into that too much. This song, I Don't Have to Wonder, wrecks me in the best way. It has this beautiful, gut wrenching video that goes along with it. Um, that kind of follows the story. And we talked about this. I believe in story songs. Definitely in one of our episodes, we talked about it. But I think that I think that's the one that we covered it in. And we talked a lot about it there. But it it still, no matter how many times I hear it, I get goosebumps and the music is just as moving. I think I've never heard an instrumental version of it, but I think if I heard the music alone, it would be just as moving to me as the lyrics are. Um, I'm not sure how you would get that choir sound without lyrics to it, but uh, they could pretty much be singing anything. And just that sound along with the music is so beautiful and so moving, but the song tells the story of a man who's watching the woman he loved and lost get married to someone else. So Painful and brutal right off the bat. There's a beautiful passage in the end where the man in the song drives to a bridge and he tosses the woman's ring into the water. So, presumably, he was either married to this woman or engaged to her at some point. But as the music swells and the song and the story crescendo, it kind of switches gears and it's suddenly not the ring going under anymore, but the man. And the song says, Well, the angels sang like thunder as I felt myself go under. And now I don't have to wonder anymore. And every time I hear that, I just break out in goosebumps. I, I mean, I've heard the song a million times. I can't even count how many times I've heard it. But I have the same feeling every time I hear it. And I, there's very few probably songs that continue to elicit that response over time. But this is one of them. How do you guys feel about this song? Is it one that you listen to? Is it one that you skip over because it is so kind of moving and it's not, you know, maybe a playlist song for me, it is, but what do you think about this one, Pete?
1: Yeah, I I love, love, love this song. Um, Like you mentioned before, we got to talk about it and I'm so thankful that we get to talk about it again. Like this song really does deserve to be talked about all the time. In my opinion, it definitely was a song on my playlist and, um, it's again, I mean there's so many Garth songs, and I know I say it a lot, but it's one of those songs that it just comes back and you just want to replay it. Mm-hmm. The the lyrics, uh or going back on what also another thing you said as far as the the music goes, the music, the instrument, and then the lyrics, Gar's voice in this one, it's like it's really good. And I never thought about like just a um just a like, you know, take the lyrics away from it, break that song down. Like that would be interesting to hear on this song because there is there is a lot going on back there in the background. Um, the lyrics, the words, they paint great pictures in this song, like we've talked about before. But this song is one of those. There's, they all tell great stories, but there's a couple songs that could really just take me and like put me right there. And the way that this, the the lyrics are in this, and the, the story is told, like I could sit there in that man's shoes. Like they talk about the stained glass on the church, like you just, like I personally just think about stained glass like on a church, you know the tossing of the bouquet, like all of it. Like, I just love everything about it. Then at the end of the song, it starts to come up. And my favorite part, uh, towards the end of the song is uh, in the lyrics. I took your ring from my pocket. I held it one last time. I watched that diamond sparkle. I drew back and I let it fly. Like, like, I know that that leads up to what you were talking about going under and the angels and all mm-hmm. that, but I could take the, I could take those lyrics that I just read and maybe put those in the top 10 of, of my all time favorite Garth lyrics. like, There's just something about those lyrics I'm listening to that song. I really, I look forward to it getting to those lyrics in the song, but uh, one that I thoroughly enjoy. What about you, Aunt Deb? What do you think?
0: Well, I love this one. And like Jess said, this one wrecks me. Like this song gets me good. You did mention too, we talked about this. The one, the episode I think of when we talked about this one was in our heartbreak list.
2: Oh, you're right. I think it was heartbreak songs.
0: Yeah. yeah. Season two, episode 25. And in that one, I mentioned how much I love this song and the fact that it's so heartbreaking and tragic and Garth's voice is just perfection in it to me. And it just it, it just breaks me every time I listen to it. And yet I listen to it as much as possible, which is funny because you would think, well, if it if it really tears you up, why do you listen to it? But I just do. I love it. I mean, I'm like that crazy person next to you in the car that is singing this song at the top of my lungs. And I'm like acting out every painful line in the song. I can't help it. This song just, it just does that to me. And I think that this is one of like the most, I think it's just one of the highlights of this album. I think it's just a great, great song. So it's so, so good. But at the same time, it's like, one of the darkest songs I think Garth has ever recorded. So I don't know why it's such a paradox to me that it's so heartbreaking, but I love it so much. So if you listen to that heartbreaks episode, you may remember me mentioning the video too, and how it's like a haunting music video. And it is literally haunting, like in the video the narrator of the song commits suicide and then he just proceeds to like relive the day of his death over and over again you know watching other happy couples get married in the church that his ex got remarried in the video that i don't watch very often i mean i will listen to this song every other day. But the video, I just I can't watch it. It's heartbreaking to me even more than the song. And like physically, I, I can't watch that as much as I listen to the song. So I think that's funny that I'll tear myself up lyrically, I'll sing it in a car next to you. But I will not turn the video on. <laughs> so
1: That's it. That's where you draw the line.
0: Yeah, I draw the line at seeing Garth that heartbroken in real life. I can't do it. It hurts me too much. So that's my take on it.
1: Another thing with that song, like you had mentioned, right? We talked about it in the past episode, and we're talking about it. In a, like, if you sit back and you look at a song that's this great to all of us, I, I'll be obviously all enjoy it. Like, think about how many different types of episodes it could go into, right? Heartbreak, uh, love, oh, yeah. or, you know, love songs gone wrong, or whatever. But it's just crazy how how many different places this song would fit.
0: Great yeah, because like mm-hmm. Jess said, it would absolutely be a story song so, for yep. sure. This yep. is one of his really good story
2: songs. Well, the other thing that's interesting to me is, I mean, A, how you both talked about like it's such a dark kind of sad song and yet you do gravitate toward it and you want to listen to it again, which is funny and just, you know, says a lot about human nature. But the other thing is like on the album, we agree and disagree about things and we all love the song. We all are like, it's a great song, beautiful song. I listened to it over and over, but it wasn't a single and it didn't, you know, it wasn't something that was on the chart. So people who didn't. Follow Garth, who just like listened to the music on the radio, never got this one. Oh. Like they completely missed this amazing song, and that kills me sometimes. That I'm just like, there's all this great music, and you're missing it. You
0: know, that's oh, crazy. that's such a great point. My gosh, I just I struggle to think the idea that there are so many people out there that could love this song as much as we do, and they've never heard it. Right? Could you oh.
1: imagine like diving back to all of Garth's like songs like this that didn't chart? making one big uncharted record to see where they would go, see what they would do today.
2: Uh, and then release them all. As and soon. then like release, truly yep. release them. Yeah. Yes. I'm in. Like really get the play they deserve and really get a chance. Yeah. I yeah. mean, yeah. there's no way it would never happen now, but it would be amazing. And I'm certain not all of them would probably be hits, but I bet if they got the airplay they deserve, a lot of them would be. Yeah. And
1: that's a shame. It's crazy how many more number ones he would have.
2: Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And for the songwriters too, you know, who who didn't get the chance to be out there. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Anyway, great song, love that. Number four was amazing. Let's see what number five has for us. Pete, take it away with number five.
1: Yep, I get song number five off the seventh album, and it's two pina coladas.
2: sail with Captain Morgan. who would never leave dry
1: land. No oh, troubles I forgot them. Troubles I forgot them. I buried them in the sand. I buried her in the sand. <laughs> so bring me two piña coladas. Two Piña Coladas was written by Sean Camp, Benita Hill, and Sandy Mason. Like Jess had mentioned before, this was Sean's first number one. And this is a name that you kind of start to see come up uh during this part of Garth's career. So I'm excited to learn a little bit more about this Sean camp. Uh It was released in March of 1998 as the third single from his album, Sevens. And it did hit number one on the Billboard country charts in 1998. So one interesting thing that I learned, uh, and I want to talk about it. We always talk about how the Thunder Rolls was played in a D minor. And most other songs are played in what they call Cowboy D. While researching this, I actually found that Tupina Coladas is played in F major and it has a tempo of 120 beats per minute. Now, I have absolutely no clue if that's fast, if that's a lot or whatever, but it sure sounded cool. So I wanted to put that out there. I read it, I was like, oh, that's cool, 120 beats a minute. Uh, Tupina Coladas also reached the 29th position on the CMT's 40 greatest drinking songs. So I can see why. Uh, The song is just so, so much fun to listen to. The instruments and the music, it has that Latin sound. And to be honest, I never really paid enough attention to the lyrics because the song was really fun to me. So it was there. I, I understood what it was about, I guess, um, but I never I never paid attention to the story behind the lyrics. And then now researching it, it, it is kind of a sad story. Uh, it shows you know what a little bit of Captain Morgan and anybody's thoughts could do for them. But uh, I, I do go back to just how upbeat and fun the song is. I love the song. Thinking about uh, other Garth songs, um, there's like a lot of other Garth songs that I would love in the live show. And, you know, we've been fortunate enough to see a couple of them, but I don't think that there's a live show without two pina coladas in it. Like there's just something, you know, it seems like if you've been to enough Garth shows, there's the show comes in sections and there's always that song that kind of, okay, things are kind of mellowing out. Let's just ramp this thing up and get everybody back on their feet type thing. And Tupi Pina Coladas is, is one of them, like, you know, Papa Love Mama. So that's just one of those songs. I cannot see a Garth live show without Tupi Coladas in it. So, um, you know, great song, a lot of fun, real upbeat. And I'm going to have to find out if 120 beats per minute is pretty cool. So, Antep, what are your thoughts on this one?
0: I love this song. Like Pete, I also in researching it found out about that 40 greatest drinking songs of of country music, which I thought it was great. This is a perfect song for that list. So I think and I think number 29 on that list is pretty respectable when you consider country music has a lot of drinking songs. A lot of drinking songs. So I make that list. (laughs) Pretty awesome. I say, good for you, Garth. 29's respectable. Well done. So one of my favorite parts on this song are the loud, large crowd at the end that joins Garth at the very end of the song. I think it's a great touch. I think it really gives this song a party atmosphere that kind of sets it apart from most others, of course, except Friends in Low Places, which also has the crowd singing. And this this crowd singing reminds me of that one. So I think that's a really cool thing that these two songs have in common. Those crowd singing is at the end are just fun. And it always puts me in a good mood. And I'm thinking how much fun they must have had when they recorded this song. Like you can just tell on both songs, this one and Friends in Low Places, you can tell that whole crowd was in it. They were having a good time. And I just imagine what that must have been like to be in that room and recording, you know, those crowd songs for these. I think it just would have been awesome. And I would like to throw out a suggestion to Garth. So Garth, you know, uh, crowd sounds at the end of songs are a hit. It makes it really fun. I think you should definitely do another one. Only this time... I think it needs to be fans singing in the background. That'd be cool. Not a live album, just a group of us fans in the recording studio with him making these, you know, crowd sounds, I'm in. I think the three of us (laughs) each raise our hands to be a part of that. So there you go, Garth. I think that that is something you should make happen.
1: (laughs) And I think because that's your idea, we get top three spots, period. Like yeah, we get absolutely. To hold my We're in the front row.
0: Yeah. We, yeah. Yeah, we're in the front row. We get to, we you know, something like push Marie or popping a can or, you know, something, one of those sounds that gets differentiated in the background. I think we get to decide what that is. We get to yell out something special for whatever the next song <laughs> is. I'm in. I for think it. that should be us. Just saying. So that's, I just, I love Two Pina Coladas. It's a great song. I, I just, I want to like sit on a beach and drink a pina colada whenever I listen to it. So how about you, Jess? Are you going to sit on the beach with me?
2: Uh, Yeah, <laughs> this is one of my favorite songs. And actually, it's funny that you say sit on a beach because my first note, other than it's one of my favorite songs, is it gives me Jimmy Buffett vibes, yeah. which oh, yeah. if Absolutely. you know me, you know that I have been a Jimmy Buffett fan since toddlerhood because my mom Loves him. And I've grown up listening to his music my whole life. Wow. So this really gives me that feel. It puts me in a good mood. And definitely if I was having cocktails on a beach, this song would be on my playlist.
1: Or a cheeseburger in paradise.
2: Or a cheeseburger in paradise. <laughs> yeah, you're you're going to have a cheeseburger with your cold drink. Yes. All of it together. Sandy Mason, who Pete mentioned as one of those songwriters, actually also sang backing vocals on here. And I thought that was interesting and cool for her. Um, my favorite line from this song is probably the let's set sail with Captain Morgan and never leave dry land. And, and Pete mentioned the Captain Morgan. It's just a clever, you know, of course, I mean, maybe saying fixing your problems with alcohol is not a good message, but we're <laughs> like the, you know, kicking back on the beach and just, you know, every now and then you do just have to let your problems melt away reset and start over. And that's a good way to do it. And I think this is that kind of song, you know, that's the message that it's sending is when you have to just take the time, let the troubles roll off your back and reset. This is that message. Um, I like Deb mentioned, I love the crowd in the background. I love that sound. It just gives it a happy party kind of, I think without the crowd, it still would have worked, but it definitely gives you that vibe, the party vibe. The music is so catchy and it puts me in a great mood. Like Pete mentioned, it has a Latin feel. Um, A lot of Jimmy Buffett music has a Latin feel, so that's probably where that similar sound comes from. But this is a windows decidedly down type of song. Probably don't get to the beach and get cocktails as much as I want to, but I can put the windows down a fair amount and have this playing as part of my playlist and kind of imagine that I'm having a cocktail and on the beach somewhere. Um, one final note that I found whenever I was researching this song, because now I'm on a kick about this is the B side of this song oh. is to make you feel my love. <gasps>
1: oh, I just
2: thought that was an interesting tidbit. Look at that. Right. I don't, I mean, they're not really similar songs at all, but maybe, you know, a little love song with your cocktail on the beach. I don't know. Garth has something in mind. It always makes sense to him. So, I mean, there, there is some connection there some way.
1: Yeah, that uh, that B-side thing sure did bring out a lot of interest in people um, since the last episode. Right? So that's,
0: <laughs>
1: that's pretty good. <laughs> but, uh, all right, so that does it for two pina coladas. Auntie, what do you got next for us?
0: The sixth song on Garth Sevens album is Cowboy Cadillac.
1: She's the perfect picture of a perfect mixture between a woman and a fine machine. She's a hard working lover, a real tough mother. She's a cover of a magazine. And I'm happy knowing that what keeps me going is what's going to keep me coming back. She's my home and the talk and everything I am the Cowboy Cadillac.
0: Cowboy Cadillac was written by Garth Brooks and Brian Kennedy. It was never released as a single, and it's not really one of Garth's well-known songs. It's a quick-tempo cowboy song about a woman who has everything the narrator needs. As he says in the song, she's the perfect picture of the perfect mixture between a woman and a fine machine and i love the just the twist of that i love the the phrasing of that phrase i just something about it appeals to me and um that's probably my favorite verse in the song and to me this is the perfect two step dancing song like I've never two-step dance in my life, but whenever this song comes on, that's what I see in my head As I see people two-step dancing and I want to learn how to two-step dance. And this song, like I, whenever I hear it, I think that's it. I have to learn how to two-step. So that's what, as I was researching it, that's all I kept thinking about during this was I want to dance. So if anybody out there can teach me how to two-step, I'm in. <laughs> oh.
2: So Jess, what do you think of this song? Do you like it? I do like this song. Um, it is not on probably a lot of my playlists, but I when I listen to Sevens, I know it from that, and I like it from that. It's a very fast up tempo song. It's fun. It's smart, like you talked about. It goes back and forth between you know describing a woman, describing a car, and there's a lot of um, clever play with the lyrics in there going back and forth so much so that the first time I listened to it, well, maybe not the first time I listened to it, the first time I listened to it for research purposes, I had to go back and forth and be like, okay, are we talking about a car, but then we're really talking about a woman or are we talking about a woman, but then we're really (laughs) talking about a car. And I, by the end of it, confused myself to the point that I was like, I don't really know for sure which thing they're trying to make a metaphor (laughs) about. But I'm like, I enjoy the song anyway. The lyrics are fun. And usually I feel like I'm like pretty certain about what most of the songs mean. But on that one, I was a little bit undecided because I argued it both ways to myself. So I'd be interested what other people's opinions are about that. Um, what about you, Pete? What do you think?
1: Yeah. Uh, so thoughts on Cowboy Cadillac. Going to be honest, definitely not one of my favorites and probably my least favorite off the album. Uh, I do love the upbeat tempo that you guys talked about, uh, and the country sound to this one is is cool. like I love the 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 instruments and that country vibe that you get from it. The lyrics tell a story, but it's just not a song that grabs my attention. like listening to it while doing the research. I want the singing to be stopped, and I just want the instruments to go. like I really enjoy that part of it, but I start to lose interest in the song with the lyrics, and maybe that's because there is so much back and forth between you know, is it a woman? Is it a Cadillac? And then it's just, um, and I kept asking myself why, like, it's not very often I get a feeling like this when it comes to a Garth song. But I think it's that, uh, and again, I don't know, I think it's that they're trying to say too much in such a short song. I mean, it's only two minutes and 40 something seconds long. And it seems like there's a whole lot of story going on. And again, I'm not even sure that that's why I think it might just be something that I'm trying to tell myself on why I don't thoroughly enjoy it. Uh, it's not a favorite of mine. It's not on my playlist. I'm sorry if that upsets anybody, but those are my thoughts on Cowboy Cadillac.
2: You know, it's funny because you were like, if you could take the lyrics away and just have the music, and I hadn't thought about that. But when I listen to this song, a lot of times I don't try to sing with it because right. it is not my favorite. Like I don't skip it on the or I don't skip the track when I'm listening to like the album, right. but I find myself just humming with it. Like I like the beat and I hum along with it, but this is not one that I sing yeah, to. Even though I kind of I do know the chorus and could sing the words, but I don't. So that's interesting. Like maybe the music is great, and I, I mean not nothing against the songwriters, but the lyrics just aren't my cup of tea. Yeah. And maybe that's why for me I kept focusing on the dancing also.
0: Yeah. So it's something about that yeah, music true. that we focused yeah. on without even realizing it. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Very interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That 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 is interesting. All right, everyone, that's it for this episode, where we've now covered the fourth, fifth, and sixth songs on Garth's seventh studio album, Sevens. Now let's go over to Pete for a shout-out to one of our newest Garthologists. Shout-outs.
1: Yep, this episode shout-out goes to Shelly G-Fan from Instagram. We are so happy that you found the podcast, and we hope that you are enjoying what you're listening to. And if you have any ideas, please feel free to reach out to us.
0: Thank you so much, Shelly. Thanks, Shelly. Have you checked out our website at Garthology.com yet? If not, stop by today and check out our past episodes and bonus content. And remember to subscribe to our podcast on your podcast platform of choice. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, stop by and give us a five-star review if you like what you hear and encourage others to listen. And don't forget to share us with everyone you know. That way you can help your friends in low places become Garthologists too.
1: Speaking of friends in low places, if you guys are on social media and you would like to interact with us, you can find us uh, at Facebook. We are at www.facebook.com backslash GarthologyCast. And if you're on Instagram and Twitter, we are at Garthology there. We do appreciate all the interactions, the likes, tweets, shares, Uh, direct messages, anything and everything that you guys got. So we do appreciate that support, guys.
2: Next time on Garthology, Season 3, Episode 28, dropping on October 27th. That will be Part 3 of our Sevens coverage, and we sure hope you all join us. Until then. This has been Season 3, Episode 27 of
0: Garthology, and I'm Deb. I'm Pete. And I'm Jess, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye,
1: everybody. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. Bye, everyone. <laughs>
2: Uh, that was funny. I love that you spoke come up with new ways to do that. Somebody's like, How are they going to say bye this time? That's going to be different than last time.
1: I just saw Deb like this. <laughs> and I was like, Okay, I'll just keep going. <laughs> waiting.
2: That was hilarious. Waiting. Hey! I don't have to wonder why. What- <laughs> Uh, it's like he has radar that uh, was so
1: funny <laughs> hey!
2: I, I open my mouth and Bo's scream comes out